Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. What is happening, everyone? It is the latest edition of Phillies Today. Justin Morgenstein back with you again on this Friday morning. And how about the fightings, man? How about them? By the way, I've watched that Bryson Stott home run video with no sound, like, probably about 200 times since Wednesday. It's just unbelievable stuff. The song, the reaction, the crowd, it's just incredible. And I mean, this is what Red October is. It's what it's all about, and man, it's just a really special feeling right now, a really special sense of pride of being a Phillies fan, and it's just something you don't see in many cities, and it's really cool what we've got going on right now. The Phillies sweep the Marlins in the wild card round, beat them in two games, and go on to face the Atlanta Braves in the National League Division Series. Uh, I saw Jeff Passan of ESPN called an SEC-like atmosphere, And I have to say personally, being there for game two on Wednesday night, it's the perfect way to describe it. It is a legitimate college football atmosphere for a baseball game. And you just don't see that often, if ever. And just the way this team has fully embraced the fans and are playing off them is really just something I can't say I've ever seen to this extent in my lifetime with any of my teams. And the ride will continue this weekend against the Atlanta Braves. So let's dive into it. I'm going to give you a little recap of this Marlins series, and then we'll get into a preview of what should easily, in my opinion, be the most exciting division series matchup in baseball. Phil's Braves, it's really a baseball fan's dream, and we get it in the NLDS for the second year in a row. But first, let's talk about the wild card win against the Marlins. We'll start game one uh, right away. The place is ready to explode out of the chute with Reese Hoskins, throwing out the first pitch before he heads down to Clearwater to continue his rehab. Uh, Nick Castellanos had a great quote about it after the game, talking about how emotional it was for the team to watch that, and that many of the players actually didn't know it was happening. So that was super cool. Awesome to see Reese out there, and hopefully we see him back up here for the World Series if that ends up happening. So we will see. But getting to the game, you have Zach Wheeler going up against Jesus Lazardo for the fish. And Wheeler was dominant. We'll start with him. He goes six and two-thirds, 
of one-run ball, five hits, eight strikeouts, and no walks. I thought the key with him was he was getting ahead of almost every hitter, and when Zach Wheeler gets into a rhythm like that, it's just really hard to stop. The velocity looked great. He was sharp with his command. And something I just keep thinking about, we have to talk about this, Zach Wheeler is one of the best contracts in all of baseball. Five years, $118 million before the 2020 season. And how do you hit free agency you know, maybe two years later? He's getting the Garrett Cole-type money that he got that offseason, $300 million plus. And Wheeler has just been one of the most underrated, I'm going to say, athletes in Philadelphia as well. Just has consistently come up big in games where the Phillies need him most the last two postseasons. He's been dominant. He's been really good. I know he doesn't have the superstar persona of, say, a Bryce Harper, but at the same time, he is consistently producing when the Phillies need him most. So that was great to see. It was great to see Wheeler go out there and shove. And the only time I think I was getting to this game, the only time I think I was nervous was that first inning in game one when Dusty Watson inexplicably holds Kyle Schwerber on a boom fly ball, which he would have easily scored on. I know uh, the right fielder, I think it was Jesus Sanchez, was on the run. He was off balance. Schwerber would have made it easily. The throw was way up the line. But the Phils do not score in that first inning. And right away, you're like, oh, I can't blow this type of opportunity. You got to put this team away. But that was the only time I think this series I was really slightly worried because, you know, you give a team like that life in the beginning of a game where the crowd's hostile and it's their first, they're a young team. It's their first time playing in this environment. Uh, I didn't want to give them any sort of life, but Zach Wheeler put that to bed early. Uh, he shut them down and uh, until the third inning when Alec Bohm uh, is able to get the Phillies on the board after Johan Rojas works that awesome at bat where he gets, I think it was nine pitches and he gets the base hit to left field. That was awesome. And uh, yeah, Bomer gets the double down the line and scores him. Rewards Rob Thompson, who put him in the three-hole against the lefties in this series. And I got to say, this was a Rob Thompson masterclass in the series. The lineup adjustments he made, the bullpen management was perfect. It was like last year. He was pressing all the right buttons. So good series from Topper for sure. But an inning later, Bryson Stott brings home a run on an RBI single. Uh, Castellanos gets thrown out as the second runner on the great throw from Jazz Chisholm, who that was pretty much the only thing he did all series. I don't think he got on base one time at the plate. So that was a positive as well. But uh, Christian Pache, again, rewarding Rob Thompson for putting him in left field, comes through the next batter and gets the third run for the Phils. And then, you know, besides the Alvarado pass ball in the seventh inning where there was a guy on second and third when it was 3-1, he had a little bit of a sweat. But besides that, it was really never in doubt for the Phils. Jeff Hoffman gets a big out in the eighth as well. Yeah, Jeff Hoffman getting big outs. That's what he does. And uh, Castellanos brings home an insurance run in the bottom of the inning and the finals 4-1. And the Phils go up one nothing in the series. So that was... A pretty clean game from the Phils, aside from you know, some of the base running uh, mistakes. I know Bryce Harper ran right through Dusty Watson's sign uh, at the end there, which was you know funny to see that Bryce had the awareness to get home on that. I know it wasn't the best night for Dusty, but uh, it did not end up mattering in that one. So we'll quickly move to game two. Aaron Nola against another lefty for the Marlins, Braxton Garrett, again, was at the game. Place was absolutely rocking. And I won't call this the biggest start of Aaron Nola's career because he pitched in the World Series. He's pitched in big games in the DS and the CS last year. But for many reasons, money included, this was an absolutely massive start for Nola. 
and he found a way to be even better than his teammate Zach Wheeler was the night before. Knowles goes seven innings, no runs, three hits, only three Ks, and a walk, but picks up the W. Uh, Nola was really good, I thought, at trusting his stuff and pitching to contact on Wednesday night, something he often doesn't do uh, or doesn't prefer to do. He really likes to you know, work the pitches and uh, work his pitches and you know, go for those strikeouts, but he was kind of letting his defense play for him. He got a couple huge double plays in that game. And look, the blueprint for this team is simply Wheeler and Nola have to be great for them to get back to the World Series. They were great last year. It was a big part of them getting to that goal. And it's going to be the same thing for them again. I know Aaron Nola has not had the year we were all hoping he would have, but he has a chance to rewrite his story in this postseason. And he got off to an awesome start by giving seven great innings of work uh, the other night. So that was great to see. And the other big story from this game, we heard it in the open of this show, the big blow from Bryson Stott. That was an absolutely electric moment. But uh, we'll go back a little bit. Phils go up 2-0 early on on RBI hits from Schwarber and Turner. And then JT Real Muto comes through an inning later with an absolute rocket home run in the fourth inning off our old friend David Robertson. You know, David Robertson's let up a couple big homers at the Phils this year. This JT one, as well as the Nick Castellanos ninth inning bomb, earlier in the summer. So, you know, David Roberts have really are earning that uh, 2022 National League Championship ring here. But again, Bryson Stott, sixth inning, crowd going absolutely insane, singing his walk-up song, comes up huge and puts this thing on ice, an absolutely electrifying grand slam. The second in Phil's postseason history, the only other being Victorino in game two of the 08 Division Series. We all know it well against CC Sabathia. Uh, and the Phils celebrate a series-clinching win, and a comfortable one at that, with a final of 7-1, champagne flowing once again in the clubhouse. Again, these celebrations just don't get old, man. Garrett Stubbs, the celebration MVP, he's got my vote, as always. He's just, he's so electric, just watching him, Marsh, boom, all these guys in the locker room. They, they know how to have a good time, man, and they're hoping they have a lot more of them coming up in the rest of this postseason. So that was a quick Marlins recap for you. But let's get to the series, Phil's Braves, the one I think a lot of baseball fans were really hoping they would get, and we've got it in the NLDS for the second year in a row. Just tremendous for the sport in terms of marketability, uh, players, personalities involved. It's just it's exactly what you want as a baseball fan. You have superstars. You really have, you have rivalries. It's just great for the sport. And the way these teams are trending you know, the Phils are obviously riding a ton of momentum going in, and Atlanta's been sitting for a week, truly haven't played meaningful baseball in a month. I think this is anyone's series. I really do. And the Phils have competed with the Braves really well this year, uh, despite losing the season series. They lost three or four at home in September, but all those games were coin flips, including a couple extra inning games, the one where Bryce Harper uh, on the last strike gets the homer off Rysel Iglesias, who he really owns. He has tremendous numbers against him over his career, a bunch of homers. And uh, then the Phils take two of three in Atlanta in a massive series just a week later. So, And they were playing all their stars. I know they had clinched, but they were playing their guys. So uh, I thought the Phils looked very good in that series, and I think they're going to look good here. I think that this is a very evenly matched series, and I think that both these teams are really looking to prove something here. And I think that this is just going to be, from a baseball fan perspective, pure entertainment. But uh, So let's get into a little preview here. Game one. Going to be 6.07 on Saturday evening. Uh, they haven't officially announced the starters yet, but the probable starters 
is going to be Ranger Suarez against our old friend Spencer Strider. To me, it feels like the pressure is totally on Atlanta in this game. This might sound crazy, but I think this could be a must-win for Atlanta because they got their best guy, their Cy Young candidate, going against the Phillies' number three starter. And a win for the Phillies would be similar to, I think, how the Diamondbacks could beat Corbin Burns and the Brewers in game one of that wild card series. You know, the Diamondbacks had Brandon Fought on the mound, a young rookie who you know has looked good at times this year, but you know, wouldn't be your ideal game one starter because the Diamondbacks were competing in the last week of the season, so they had to throw him out there because Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly were not on full rest. So they had to do that, and then they pull out that game against Corbin Burns, who they hit around a little bit. And then to me, after that, it was over, and they end up sweeping them as well. All four wildcard series are sweeps, which I was not totally expecting, but that's what ends up happening. So I think the pressure is really on Atlanta here because if they lose, again, they're going to have shades of last year, plus the unknown with Max Fried's blister, uh, as he is the probable game two starter. So I think it's really important for Atlanta to win this game, and if the Phil steal it, they are in a really, really good uh, position there. So we'll see what happens with that. So the Braves, one thing with them, they've crushed left-handed pitching this year. Uh, and obviously Ranger Suarez being the lefty goes in game one. But I think a big key for Ranger in this game will be the use of the changeup because the Braves, we know they're great against lefties. We know they're a great fastball hitting team. But one pitch that sometimes gives them, you know, little bit of fits is the changeup and we know that when Ranger is at his best he is utilizing the changeup and if he has it going well I think he has a chance to really succeed in this game I know last year he ended up minimizing the damage but he let up a lot of base runners so it's tough to do that against the Atlanta Braves and not pay for it so if he can command that changeup and can work in uh, the fastball as well as his curve I think that he has a real chance to you know, have a decent outing against the Atlanta Braves. But uh, yeah, so we will likely see the lineup changed in that game, I would think. Back to Harper in the three-hole, Stott in the five-hole, JT moved back to six. Uh, We should also see Brandon Marsh back in left field uh, for Christian Pache, who I think did a really good job in that wildcard series. But against the right-handed pitcher, I would expect Brandon Marsh to be back uh, out there. And I look for him to make an impact in this wildcard series because I'll say this about Brandon Marsh. I think he kind of exemplifies how close-knit and how you know tight this team is because look, he didn't start either game in this wildcard series, and he was brought here last year to be the team's starting center fielder for the foreseeable future. And to no fault of his own, I, Rojas and Pache have come on here, and they've really you know started to play well against left-handed pitching. But I'll say with Brandon Marsh, he's been on the top step of the dugout the entire time, going nuts for his teammates every chance he can get when you know deep down He's dying to get out there and make an impact for his team. So Brandon Marsh, I will say, just one of those guys, one of those culture guys that's kind of made this Phillies group so lovable and just, you know, so tight-knit and what seems like just a really great group. So that is a little game one for you. And then game two will be on Monday, uh, 6.07. It'll likely be Zach Wheeler against Max Freed. Uh, we'll see, again, what Max Freed is like with that blister he's been struggling with. I know... In their inner squad game, they played to get ready because you know they want, said they wanted to get some reps in this year because last year they kind of learned their lesson with sitting. Uh, Max Freed pitched for them, and he had to wear a Band-Aid on his finger. You're not allowed to do that in a you know, game setting, so he will not be able to do that then. But 
I know he got touched up a little by the Braves, and it was by some of their guys who will not be playing in this series. So whatever that may mean, uh, Max Fried will likely be out there. But if the Phils lose game one, I will say to Spencer Strider, this is a game you have to win. You really cannot be going down 2 nothing going back to CBP. Uh, it's really interesting scheduling-wise. There's an off day here in between game one and game two. I guess, you know, good if, good if you're an Eagles fan, good for Eagles purposes because you got the Phils Saturday, Eagles Sunday, then Phils on Monday. Definitely will be entertaining for sure. Uh, but, yeah, it's weird that that's the setting this year. I feel like it's typically not like that. So, uh, you know, you can look at it in a couple of ways, both good and bad, I think. The good is you go with the three-man rotation. Uh, everyone gets the rest. You get Wheeler pitching twice. But I think the bad thing with that is typically Zach Wheeler has actually you know, not been good off the extra rest. He prefers to make his starts regularly every five days. So, and again, I trust Wheeler. I know that that's been a theme when he's had extra rest before, but uh, I do expect him in a big game setting to be able to lock things down despite the extra day. So we'll see with that. But I assume then they'll go back to the wild card lineup with Pache in left, Harper in the four hole, JT batting fifth in that game against Max Fried, the lefty. So uh, the big story, though, is going to be all about Fried's effectiveness with that blister. So that'll be something to keep an eye on for sure. And then they return to Philadelphia. They will return to Citizens Bank Park, where the, where the crowd will be going absolutely nuts like they were in the wild card round. It'll be a crazy atmosphere for sure. It'll likely be Aaron Nola. And for the Braves, it could be a couple of options here. They could go with Bryce Elder, who had a decent year for them, but I thought kind of tailed off towards the end of the year. And even when he was kind of going well in the beginning of the year, I, a lot of batted ball luck and just stuff going his way. So I wouldn't be shocked if they went with a potential Kyle Wright, A.J. smith uh piggyback there. So that could be something to monitor as well. But I like that matchup for the Phils. I really do. And that's why if you come back to Citizens Bank Park 1-1, you have a real opportunity to be able to go up in a series and get a potential closeout game at CBP like last year. Either way, the Phils will have a pitching advantage here, which why winning a game in Atlanta will be so crucial and I think is a necessity if they are going to win this series. So that will be something to watch. This is just going to be so exciting, man. This is, we're getting deeper in October and the Phils are going to be playing the Atlanta Braves. And I got to say, just the way the city is responding to this team and everything that they've done this year, I think it's been even more exciting than last year. I think that Everyone kind of got a taste of what it was like in 2022. And now that you know they are the National League, defending National League champions and the Atlanta Braves come in with 100-some wins and are able to you know, be our, are the most dominant team in baseball this year, it's just going to set up for a really exciting theater. And again, just so much great marketability for baseball just in terms of the stars. You got Bryce Harper, Ronald Acuna. Acuna is going to win the MVP and Bryce Harper being a Harper being a former MVP, uh, Spencer Strider. We know what happened in the postseason last year with you know, him coming in a little injured and then get, end up getting you know, rocked by Reese Hoskins with, for that three-run home run. So Spencer Strider certainly has revenge on his mind in game one. So it's, it's going to be great, man. It's really going to be fun. And it's just postseason baseball is the best. There's really nothing like it. And it's going to be – this is where guys – You'll become legends in cities. And this is a team that is looking to win a world championship this year in the Phils. 
One interesting thing that I did want to bring up, though, as well, is Rob Thompson's bullpen management throughout the wildcard series. I just wanted to kind of see how he would manage it because he talked about it being a closer-by-committee uh, type of bullpen, and Craig Kimbrell did come out for the save in Game 1, and I thought, again, he pushed all the right buttons with the bullpen, bringing in Alvarado in that big spot when Wheeler needed one more out in the seventh inning. And then in the eighth inning comes Hoffman for one big out. And then Kimbrell coming in for the save. Again, Craig Kimbrell, as much as you know, he's had success in his career and closing out games, and he's in the 400 save club and has a ton of postseason experience, he scares the hell out of me, man. He, he really does. And he's, I'm really hoping we don't have a Craig Kimbrell like, devastating postseason moment. I'm honestly dreading it. Uh, so we will see about that there. But again, Ryan Kirkring, we see him in the second game. That was awesome. Uh, Gregory Soto, I know he let up a run there in the ninth inning, but I think he can be really effective against lefties in a spot where you might need him in this Brave series. I could see him getting you know, a potential situation against Matt Olson where you need a lefty to get him out because we know the pop in Matt Olson's bat. So that'll be something to look out for as well. But I thought it was really good management of the bullpen by Rob Thompson. And before we get out of here, I want to give my prediction on the series. This is going to be really tough, man. I got to say, both teams are just matchup nightmares for each other. The Phils, obviously, are one of the few teams, I think, in baseball that can compete with the Braves in a playoff series. Same goes for the uh, Braves against the Phillies. It's going to be very tough on the Phils. Not an ideal NLDS matchup for either. But if I'm going to pick one, I'm going Phillies in four. I think that if the Phillies manage to split the first two games in Atlanta, whether they win game one or game two, I think that they have the significant pitching advantage in game three. And I simply do not see them losing a closeout game in game four uh, at Citizens Bank Park, much like last year. Because we know that once the fans get on you and if that's Spencer Strider pitching a CBP in game four, you know, we heard his quote about the fans and him not wanting them there. They're going to make sure he hears it because trust me, it is going to be absolutely rocking in that place, much like the wildcard series, if not more. So my official prediction is Phillies in four. It's not going to be easy, but I think the Phillies will get it done. This team just has that special feeling. And I truly believe that they will get back to the National League Championship Series for the second time in two years. Uh, the other series going on in baseball, we'll cover those real quick as well. Diamondbacks and Dodgers. That's going to be an interesting one because the Diamondbacks look really good against Milwaukee. I got to say, I think the Phillies may have dodged a bullet there uh, playing the Marlins instead of the Diamondbacks because the Diamondbacks lineup is pretty potent. And I know they have their two dominant starters in Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly. And look, they didn't even need to use Merrill Kelly. They were able to go into Milwaukee take two from the Brewers and look that's going to be the winner of this series or the winner of this series is going to be playing the winner of that one so it's going to be something to watch for sure in the American League you have the Orioles and the Rangers Uh, the Orioles making their first postseason appearance in about a decade that's going to be really cool to see Camden Yards a packed out house there and look the Rangers give me some 22 or 2022 Phillies vibes here they kind of stumbled heading uh, towards the end of the year. They end up losing the division on the last day to the Houston Astros. But I will say, when they're going, their lineup is really potent. And they have some guys that can you know, drive the ball and hit the ball out of the ballpark. And if they can get their pitching straight, and they did against the Rays, they flat out dominated them. 
they could be a team that I think could make a run there in the American League and potentially get to the fall classic. So we'll see about that. And then the last series is Astros Twins. And look, the Houston Astros in October, I'm not going to doubt them. So I would expect the Astros to win that one. But I will say the Twins two-headed monster of Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez has been kind of key for them this year. And look, people were saying at the beginning of the year that the Marlins Twins trade of Pablo Lopez for a rise was kind of lopsided in favor of the Marlins. But I think it's really helped both teams out. The Twins really needed that rotational piece that was kind of going to be a staple for them. And the Marlins needed some more hitting. And I think both of them have kind of gotten what they were looking for out of those trades. So that is the uh, series going on in Major League Baseball. Well, that'll wrap it up for the latest edition of Phillies today. Let's have ourselves a weekend. Phillies playoffs, some Eagles sprinkled in. It should be really, really fun. And this is just such a fun time if you're a sports fan. It truly is. So I will be locked in on all of that. But this has been Justin Morgenstein for Phillies Today. And we will talk next week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.